You think of someone who's coming through our doors for the first time, a clear sequence for them is they go to our meet and greet and they meet a pastor and they hear a little bit about us. And then at some point, they may choose to become a member at our church and they go through a new member class where they're going to get clear, simple information. And then we hopefully move them into a deeper context, which is probably a smaller context. And then out of the abundance and overflow and joy of what they're learning, they're hopefully going to go and serve. You're listening to For the City, a podcast of Gospel City Church. We're unpacking a simple question this season. What kind of church is Gospel City? Our lead pastor, Micah Klutnati, has set a vision for our church to be known as a family church, a missional church, an equipping church, a worshiping church, and a simple church. As we step into our final chapter of season two on For the City, we're answering the question, what is a simple church? When Steve Jobs resumed his role at Apple in 1997, he's famously known for saying, deciding what not to do is as important as deciding what to do. He then went on to reduce the Apple product line by more than 70%. The church should probably be thinking the same way when it comes to the tangible ways we help our people become disciples of Jesus. There are a lot of good things that we can do, but how do we figure out what we should do? Pastor Micah sits down with Michelle, Aaron, and Ben Hanna for a conversation on how discipleship strategies can and should be simple, while they may not be easy. Well, hey, everybody. We are on another episode today, and I am joined with Michelle Helmkamp and Aaron Harris and our good friend Ben Hanna who is uh, Strategic Development and Communications here at Gospel City. And today we're talking about what is a simple church. And uh, that may sound a little confusing to (laughs) you if you're listening. We've been on this kind of long series talking about what is a family church, and we aim to be a worshiping church, and we're aiming to be an equipping church and a missional church. And I think all of those, you could probably figure out what we're talking about, but Now you're hearing what is a simple church. And what I want you to experience with us today is that in order to be a family church, a worshiping church, an equipping church, and a missional church, we have to be a simple church. We don't want to be, and and I think, let's give a definition to that. And Ben Han is pretty good at helping us understand a simple church. He's been a a, a good reformer for us Mm -hmm. over the years. Ben, when you think of simple church, give us a little bit of your... Yeah, Thoughts. simple church is um, just really us being committed to keeping the main thing the main thing. Uh, it's prioritizing best things over good things. And so, as you mentioned, all those other things we're trying to be, simple church kind of is like the guardrails to that. What's the opposite of a simple church? Something going on in the building <laughs> every day of the week for all different groups of people. Okay. Would be so that's complexity. Yeah, part of it, complexity in the in the scheduling, partly. Mm-hmm. Talk well, about experiences in in your lives where you've seen uh, maybe that complexity happening within the church. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I mean, I I grew up in a small church with a lot of different like demo, like de- ages and demographics. And there was just always like some things, pe- people just want something to do all of the time. And a lot of the times, um, contexts that I can remember weren't necessarily about the gospel. They weren't necessarily about even like um, discipleship. Christian discipleship. Yeah. yeah, it was just like 
let's, the doors are open. Let's everybody be here, which is can be good, you know. When the doors are open, we do want everybody to be here. Maybe I don't know. Ben's like, unless he, like, the doors are always open. exactly, unless the doors are always open. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, I feel like I had a church. You know, I, I was at various churches throughout my you know childhood and teens, and one was had to be simple because we didn't have a building, and so therefore mm. we could only do interesting so many things because yeah. we had to use other people's buildings uh, to do church. But then another one, uh, it was. It was, you know, hey, be at church when the doors are open and the doors were always open. And so therefore there was just this heaping shame if you weren't there all the time, (laughs) which didn't allow us to take what we were learning back into the community, which is kind of Mm -hmm. the large crux of what we're aiming to do here when we say we want to be a simple church. Mm -hmm. Well, and even I, I even remember seasons later in life, not in my small church, but other churches where it was like you you kind of, especially when you're new at a church, you kind of want to do all the things because you're like, oh, well, that's they, they're making that sound good and I want community and I want to meet some people and so I'm just going to say yes, yes, yes. And then you get really burned out and then you just stop going altogether because <laughs> you're like, I can't do it all. So I think there's some of that like that complexity or the things that churches can offer that all have, there's, there's well-meaning in so many of them, but they can often detract from the main thing, which is what we're here for. So or the idea of good, better or best yeah. a little bit, I think lends itself to simple church. Yeah. Ben, Ben's smiling because he knows that's a filter he puts things through. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm thinking of, so I don't have a lot of context for overly complex churches in our area, but mm. I do have friends, especially from like the Bible belt of the South. And I remember reading, so there's a book called simple church, which is um, was kind like of Tom a, Rainer and Eric Geiger. That's right. Yeah. And so early in our days um, as a new church, that was a book that we kind of read and passed around and talked about that we've now internalized. And, and they talk about a lot of complex churches that I didn't really ever experience, but it was things like, you know, the, the Christmas cantata and they had like <laughs> six orchestras and like, and it wasn't just like a couple of things going on every day of the week. It was like, there's 15 things going on in the building at any given time that you're just like, how did they ever leave? So I, I've never experienced that um, personally, but I'm curious, you know, were there any any contexts that you grew up in that were just like so complex or have your churches kept the main thing, the main thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that it's that my church, I, I can't remember. I remember going to a small Baptist church growing up, but they had Awanas, they mm-hmm. had vacation Bible school, they had youth group, they had, so you, you could get, they had men's and women's Bible studies mm-hmm. and Sunday night church and Sunday school. And so all you good could, things. You could, mm-hmm. They're all great things. Mm-hmm. And you could really get in the habit of being at church every single time. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think like time has, has changed a little bit and shifted a little bit to where I remember in the middle years, so so Gospel City's 15 years old, probably around year eight and nine, we were like, we were growing in number. Mm-hmm. We were growing with like great things that we could put our hands to. And I remember always announcing new initiatives mm-hmm. and new things that were going on. Yeah. And we even had a time as, as a staff where it was like, hey, we need to stop saying, you're not going to want to miss this. You're yeah. not going to want to miss this. You're not going to, because we were announcing it and everything we announced, we said, you're not going to want to miss this. And I remember a buddy who still is a member here saying to me, dude, I don't think I can go to anything because I'm getting so stressed out with the amount of things I'm being asked to come to. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, okay, this is a young dad. He loves Jesus with his whole heart. And yet his primary responsibility is to be a father and to be a husband 
and we're asking him to be here every day, every night. And mm-hmm. and almost the church can start to put shame on its people mm-hmm. if they're like, you're not being, you're not fulfilling your role if you're not excited yeah. about this yeah. and present at this thing. And then you start to think, okay, we're getting discouraged about the amount of people coming to our events. And those events are really diluting what our people can do as mm-hmm. far as good disciples of Jesus, people who are on mission for Jesus out in the world, mm-hmm. people who are loving fathers, loving husbands, families. And so that's where simple church comes in. Mm-hmm. How do we simplify so that what the church is offering is not diluting the church's mission and not diluting what we're called to do as ministers of the word and, and shepherds of people, but how do we free people up to actually yeah. be the disciples they need to be yeah. in the world? That's yeah. the heart of Simple Church. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, if everything's important, then nothing is important. Yeah. So, I mean, we've we've talked about, you know, we've had those growing pains over the year, but then I, over the years, and I think in these last few years, we've realized um, people do want to commit to hard things, but if we have too many options, too many programs, then it, it's it's difficult to know what to do. So we've we've begun to introduce, I think, better structure, reliability, but we were once accused of being um, consistently inconsistent <laughs> or, you know, predictably unpredictable. And yeah. so I think now we've recognized that um, most of the people in our church were a family church. Every family has life rhythms. There's school years, there's summertime, so there's times of on and times of off. And we began to align our program rhythms along with other people's life's rhythms so that we were making ourselves accessible to them. I think a huge part of simple and how we are implementing that in the last couple of years is just simply in our scheduling. So we have aligned all of our ministries on Wednesdays for families where men start in the morning, then women, and then um, students and women at the same time and night. And that actually is a stretch on our building, but is on purpose Mm -hmm. because we're a family church. So we're aligning that time so that it's not two different nights in a row that families are split up. And then obviously Sunday, even with adding in core. So I know if you, that might sound like a throwback and it is, but there (laughs) were some things that were being done, done right. Um, that we've gone back to another aspect. I I think it goes, we've talked about this in equipping church and, Mm -hmm. and family church, but even the alignment of, um, what we're studying in God's word mm-hmm. is a is a simple church strategy for us because mm-hmm. because family church and family discipleship is important and because equipping our people is important we've simplified by yeah we've created a day a week that's known for discipleship but everybody's studying Exodus on that day mm-hmm. so it's even aligning the students did you know even the students yeah, are going to start which this is awesome with Exodus, so yeah. it's aligning mm-hmm. So now you have husbands, you have wives and students who can talk about Exodus mm-hmm, and they yeah. can talk about what God's doing and they can build into their weekly rhythms a discipleship day that's centered around God's word. But it's not like this morning I was at men's Bible study at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. and the the husband was leaving my table to go get his kids and take them to school because there was a two hour delay today. Mm-hmm. So it was able to fit into a schedule because of how it, it was, but he was still able to go and be dad and be father and his wife was coming to the Bible study. And so, so you're cool. like, they can go. And then how that should play out family discipleship style mm-hmm. at the dinner table or that evening, mm-hmm. this is what God's doing in my life. Mm-hmm. This is what God's uh, challenging me in. I'm, I'm being challenged with this or that. And, 
you see it start to work. So there's been an alignment in curriculum mm-hmm. on Sundays too and in schedule. God led us that way on Sundays a couple years ago. Um, the way he did that with me was he was just confronting me on context, 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 which we then all have learned through um, CORE, but just the importance of studying God's word within context. And we were going through Acts at the time. And since then, as a whole church, the elementary have gone through Acts and Ephesians and now John. And it's just... I. So I, I just like to pause and give glory to God yeah. in that. Mm-hmm. You know, we can say Amen. we've got this plan and we read this book, but God has gone before us in so much of this planning. And what it's also done is help us um, not be siloed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have these separate ministries that you don't know what's going on in the separate ministries, but you can know and you can speak into it. And um, yeah, those gospel conversations that I hope are happening, you know, after Sunday on church and maybe on Wednesday night. <laughs> it's funny. So Simple Church was a book that was written for church leaders. It's not necessarily like a mm-hmm. layperson type of thing. It's very in speak. Um, but some of the the key phrases that came out of that helped shaped our staff core values. So it's like an internal mm-hmm. culture that we that we share. So we one of our core values is simplify for focused mm-hmm. alignment, mm-hmm. and that came out of um, so Simple Church's definition was a Simple Church's um, have they clarify and they have movement and alignment and focus, and so clarity. You know, if I think of our um, the church. Uh, um, culture guide that we just said. That's that's us giving simple, clear definition to who we are as a mm-hmm. church and how we operate as a church. And then movement just means, you know, we're making sure we have clear sequen- sequential steps from things. So you think of someone who's coming through our doors for the first time, a, a clear sequence for them is that they, they go to our meet and greet and they meet a pastor and they hear a little bit about us. And then at some point, they may choose to become a member at our church and they go through a new member class where they're going to get clear, simple um, information. And then we hopefully move them into a deeper context, which is probably a smaller context. Mm -hmm. And that's things like a group or a class or a study where they're going to be growing into Christ more. And then out of the abundance and overflow and joy of what they're learning, they're hopefully going to go and serve. And so again, and what we've done then, that that second and um, the movement to alignment, that was just really, really um, the crux of what we've done probably in the last three years is saying, wow, okay, we're spread thin. Maybe we've been siloing some of our things. Now, how do we align these things so we can focus not only uh, the homes, but just the content um, outlets that we have as a church so that families can be studying and growing in Christ together in the same content? So the beauty of that too, and Ben and I have talked about this a little bit, is this discipleship pathway that you don't have to know already. Okay, I want to be a small group leader, or I want to maybe be a biblical counselor someday, or I want to be a student leader. You just jump on the beginning, like you said, with that class, <laughs> and then you follow the discipleship pathway, and you learn, and you grow as a disciple. That's the point, mm-hmm. is to grow in Christ. You yeah. don't know yet necessarily um, what God's end point is for you, except for to be like Christ. Come and along so, for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> you come along, and then along the way, he might reveal to you, or there might be um, an opportunity to serve in a different way, but you don't have to choose that. And it used to be different. You used to have to kind of know what you wanted to do and say, oh, mm-hmm. I'll get in this leadership class because I'm going to be a leader. Now we're going to all serve Christ together and we're going to learn Christ together. And then he will, he will open up pathways for you to lead and serve him. It reminds mm-hmm. me of Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. And uh, I keep a note in my phone that says intimacy brings clarity in the chaos. Mm-hmm. So working for Jesus does not replace walking with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when you see Mary, 
She has clarity. She's got movement, alignment. She's got focus as she's there at Jesus's feet. And then Martha's like this complex <laughs> mess running around <laughs> trying to do the thing, uh, get everything right, make everything perfect. Get a- and, and Jesus is like, why aren't you sitting here meeting with me? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really a point. The mission, Jesus is reminding Mary of the mission, seek mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. seek Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what I think a church can do is get so complex by saying yes to so many good things that we just are filling our lives with events mm-hmm. and these moments that actually don't help us have intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. They just create clutter in our lives. I want to just speak into that. Sometimes we we do the different events trying to meet the different needs, and we've really been focusing in and even added to who are we? We are a family church. And so when I think of... of um, it, the, we want to be multi-generational. When, when Aaron does the, the arbor, it will be for all the women. Sorry, mm-hmm. guys. not <laughs> but, but, but for all the women of mm-hmm. all the different ages and different things to be inclusive, that we are a family, multi-generational. But with all, even with that decision, then you're like, well, what about my group or, or this group? And there can be, there's, there is that element of when we choose mm. the, what we're trying to do is the best, that there is maybe a feeling. And sometimes we, we can sense that, especially people who are new or maybe haven't understood that and feel like, well, I have this idea or I would like something for this smaller group. And we just want to do, just acknowledge that, that, that that does not come without some pain for you and for us, but here hopefully mm. we can help understand the heart behind it. It's yeah. not that we we don't care about that particular area, the, that group of people, but we are um, we are trying to seek God's best for our church. And and I truly believe that it is in um, in that family element of multi generational learning from one another. Um, is something that God has shown me. And to clarify the word family, yes, by saying you. that because we've said it both ways church, in this conversation. Church is family. Yes, Ch- we, church is family. So no matter where you find yourself in a stage of life, True. the desire here is to is to bring you to God's word in a clear way that will translate into your stage of life. Hmm. So instead of saying, okay, we're going to do a Bible study for this age of people mm-hmm. and we're going to do a, a group for this age of people. And we, we do do a little bit of that because we do recognize there is some specific need in some areas. But for the most part, like our, our men's and women's Bible study, that is for quite literally anyone who is a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. So if you are a 18-year-old girl and you're like, I want a mentor, okay, come to women's Bible study. And guess That's what? Right. We're gonna we're gonna walk alongside yes. you in multi-generational versus let's make a group just for 18-year-old girls who um are in this specific type of class, you know, like we don't want to do that. And and we have done things like that before. And we, and again, we have some of those spaces. We've got our young adults group. We've got our senior adults group because there is, sure, there is some beauty in like getting together in that specific stage of life. But for the most part, when it comes to discipleship and bringing people to God's word, we simplify it by saying, here's God's word. It translates into your stage of life. It, It can be difficult to maintain all of those sub spaces ongoing and Mm -hmm. provide leadership into those. And so um, something that we often say to each other as we are planning or as new ideas come our way is we want to unify more than we divide. Mm -hmm. And so the act of doing a men's study, if some, you know, we have people come from other churches that find their ways here and 
it's often they bring with them an idea of what church looks like because of the past one that they were in. And so they might ask for mm-hmm. a sub-sub-subgroup thing yeah. to happen and, or, or something just earnest like, I, I need a mentor. And so mm-hmm. instead of us having a formalized mentorship program, it is much easier for us to say, jump into a men's group. There are multi-generational tables mm-hmm. and you will find someone to speak into your life that way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's valuable for us to point that out, like in this conversation about being a simple church. A lot of people do come through our doors, and we do not do things like a lot of churches. So to to help people understand, when we when we're talking about being simple, I think you said it already, Ben. But a simple church, being a simple church, is basically the guardrails so that we are good at being a missional church, and that mm-hmm. we're good at being an equipping church and, and a family church, and all those things. It's just one of those kind of like peripheral things that we don't necessarily bring up that often, yeah, because it's more of a decision grid and a guidepost versus like, mm-hmm. you know, I I wanted to make the joke about how simply simply our our worship team dresses. Like, that's not what we mean. <laughs> you don't have to just wear tan no, no, all the time. Black, white, black? I thought it was black. No, the, black. T- tie-dye is welcome. But, the, um, <laughs> but to, to that point, we like we have said yes to Wednesday discipleship for men, women, students, kids, because it helps us be a family church. Yeah. We have said yes to uh a weekly authoritative Bible teaching study and core classes on Sunday evenings because it helps us be an equipping church. Mm -hmm. We have said um, no to a lot of things because it helps us be a missional church. Would we like to make a list of all the things? (laughs) There are are so many good uh, things that people are passionate about Mm -hmm. that even when the church says no to good things, it can be, it can feel like, well, that my church doesn't do my church used to do that. I'm mm-hmm. offended by that. And and it's all has to be driven by the mission. Right. So those five, got, the things that we're talking about on this podcast are sort of like a framework for our mission. Ultimately, we're on mission to love God, mm-hmm. love people, and make disciples of all nations. So what's going to make us stronger worshipers of Christ? Mm-hmm. What's going to make us love the people of this church, but also the people outside of the church? Mm-hmm. And what's going to help us... Uh, make a dent in making Mm. disciples around the world. Mm -hmm. Certainly not doing every little thing in this building that we, that everybody has a different burden for, Mm -hmm. but the beauty of church should be, Hey, that is an amazing burden. Go and do that thing. Mm -hmm. We want to support you. We Mm -hmm. want to wave the flag for you, but we probably won't own that here. We will equip you when you are here because part of simple, Mm -hmm. it means one of the filters is it's going to bring you to the word. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do is is word centric, right. and then we freed you up on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday to uh, disciple your kids, to neighbor, to yeah. um, mm-hmm. we use that as a as a verb around <laughs> here, um, to be to be missional um, in how God has called you. We were at a really small church before this, and actually. We had the same problem. I do think as you add people that mm-hmm. it, it definitely grows and becomes more complex. But but because we are all created in the image of God, 
but unique and different. We have different areas of that God has laid on our heart. And we tend to think, well, God has laid this on my heart, so this is the only thing. But mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. if he's laid it on your heart, that means that that that's your thing that he's calling you to mm-hmm. do. And so go and and but but our job as a church is very focused in trying to equip you so that when you go, you take the gospel with you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we <laughs> You know that that you don't just go in in your own strength, but you bring you bring the Lord Jesus Christ to those that you go to, your neighbors, mm-hmm. your kids, um, your job, all of those things. Yeah, I mean, Micah, what you were saying is you, we don't want to diminish earnest no. ideas that come to us. I mean, there are a lot of real problems and needs that everybody in our church mm-hmm. is facing, and so often they'll come to a church leader with an earnest, you know, solution um, that's to solve a problem or an idea that's to meet a need. And um, it is really, really, really difficult for mm-hmm. us to say no. It's a gracious no, but sometimes we we have to say no because we're trying to focus on certain things. A, a church is to equip the saints for the ministry, and it's usually not like a no. Right. We're not. It's like exactly. a, as a pastor, when somebody comes to me with a burden for abortion or infertility or all the you know mm-hmm. lots of different felt need things that are a reality in our church mm-hmm. and i know people who are going through mm-hmm. these things or suffering through these mm-hmm. things or have a heart for these things and i have a heart for these things it is it pains me to not be able to give an answer or an outlet mm-hmm. but what i what i i've found myself saying is hey we we absolutely 100% care about that that thing and so does the Lord. Mm-hmm. The best way for you to get plugged in is in the the avenues that we do have. Mm-hmm. Don't look for a segregated group that you feel like you can minister to. Come and minister within the body that is the family mm-hmm. by getting at a, a women's table, by getting at a men's table, by getting at a, a in a small group, mm-hmm. and you will start to learn. Mm-hmm. God will bring to you the people that you can minister to, mm-hmm. and then you'll be your ministry will take off on its own. And mm-hmm. I think yes. that helps people because like we want ministries that God gives us, mm-hmm. not that we necessarily create on our right. own. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps people realize that the church is what Christ is building up and mm-hmm. you are the church. Yes. And so so they will know we are Christians by our love. Mm-hmm. If you have a burden for that thing, That's we'll, right. we'll we talk about it in own bless and catalyze. Mm-hmm. There's few things that we own at Gospel City, we call them groups, classes, and studies, mm-hmm. which has really helped us simplify what we're doing in those. Yeah. Groups are for accountability, uh, classes are for um, biblical literacy, and studies are for diving deep and applying the Word of God mm-hmm. to our lives and learning how to study the Bible. Mm-hmm. That has really simplified what mm-hmm. we do because it keeps us on mission as a family, being equipped to then go and be on mission. Mm-hmm. Everything else can f- have seasons and times and short stints and all of that, mm-hmm. but the church can equip you and disciple you and put people around you and send people your way, and that's, that's right. how discipleship happens. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it's informed, um, honestly, as we... So when we first started out, we were doing church planting was missions and missions was church planting. That was kind of like the, the way we spoke about it. Um, over the years, we started to adopt um, more of a missions focus, local missions mm-hmm. and global missions and missionaries, but um, those guardrails, those simple church guardrails, kind of like you mentioned, so own, bless, and catalyze are, are words that came out of a book by J.D. Greer called Gaining by Losing. And so what we realize is we can't go deep with a lot of places mm-hmm. and a lot of people. We can go deep with a few. And so that was us saying, 
how has God uniquely positioned this church in the context that we're in to meet the community that we have around us? And so we've gone very deep with a couple local organizations. Mm -hmm. And, And then because of the people that we were in relationship with, we've been able to go equally as deep with some, some, international global partners. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, if we just said yes to every single person that asked us to partner with them, we, we wouldn't be able to go, our, our stewardship and our money would not go very far, mm-hmm. nor our time. So it allows us to establish and build very deep relationships with our community and with some of our global partners because of those simple church guardrails. Mm-hmm. Let me read this from Eric Geiger that I think is helpful for years. I have heard moaning from pastors. Our folks don't have relationships with people who are not Christian. Hmm. Perhaps one of the reasons is that the church invites members to be at the facility several nights every week. Perhaps our church people do not know lost people because our churches have kept people at the church building, thereby nullifying their opportunity to engage deeply in relationship with lost, lost people. Churches with minimal programming help their people live among the world as missionaries, by not asking them to live at the church, but to live as the church. Mm. Now, I think you can, I, why I would say, and we'll talk about this on another episode, how Simple Church paired with a book, Deep Discipleship, has really helped us because mm-hmm. we want to be about equipping. Mm-hmm. I've seen churches adopt this model where it's like, the only thing we're going to do is a massive experience on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then you don't do anything else throughout the week. I think that is the church missing the opportunity to mm-hmm. do what the church is called to do. Mm-hmm. And that's disciple others, create disciples who are deep in their doctrine, who stand firm when suffering and the world gets hard, and then to be on mission. So it's like like we've said, we're adapting simple church principles. Um, we want you to be at the church, and we want your family to be at the church, mm-hmm. and we want you to love the church. We just want it to fuel you back into the world Mm -hmm. for mission. If I could just respond to what you just um, read, Micah, I I just like to say I I think God is doing that and blessing the simplicity because, guys, there are people here who are coming who don't know Jesus. Glory to God. And they've been invited generally. At first, right out of the pandemic, it was from people who found us online. Mm. Now it's there are people who are out in the community who are meeting people who are hurting and they're inviting them in and they're coming and they're staying and they're coming to discipleship. Mm-hmm. I've been here a long time and I've never seen quite what I'm seeing right now as far as mm. the number of unbelievers who are coming. You, you mentioned it just the other day of, of yeah. just somebody you, you met and within not just Sunday context, but smaller contexts right. of Bible study or, or core classes. I just want to pause and just... Again, glory sorry. to God. Glory to God. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. they will know we are Christians by our love. Mm-hmm. And so that means in order for, for they, the world, mm-hmm. the those who have not been affected or are unregenerate from the go- of the gospel, like they need to see you living mm-hmm. like Christ in the world. Mm-hmm. They need to mm-hmm. see the hope that is in you. They need mm-hmm. to see that you talking about your faith mm-hmm. and you living in your faith in the midst of hardship. And so when the church starts doing that in a community... The community's like, something's going on there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe what they believe, but I'm willing to go check it out mm-hmm. because I need some hope in my life mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I do think people are hungry for truth. Mm-hmm. And so we want people. I love, <laughs> yeah, it, it's been remarkable to meet people on a Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. who 
would be straight up with you that they're not saved mm-hmm. or they're ser- searching. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, why are you here? <laughs> like, <laughs> at 6 a.m. Yeah, so. or, and like that's that's a remarkable thing. So yeah. it's it's wonderful that the things that we do have are able to communicate the gospel and draw people in, not mm-hmm. just meet a felt need or, mm-hmm. or meet a community need. Mm-hmm. We're right. offering things that will speak to uh, the dead and mm-hmm. bring them to life yeah. through the power of the gospel. The the uh, the theology that um, a lot of our students, so to speak, the students of our classes and our studies are getting right now, um, is fueling worship, and so and they're becoming mm-hmm. very evangelistic because mm-hmm. they are overjoyed by the deepening of their doctrine and theology and understanding of God. And so, a, a lot of the stories I get to hear, um, and it, a unique position out in the resource center of our lobby. <laughs> and um, so I'm kind of an intersection of people mm-hmm. coming and going. And and as someone who's identified with a lot of the classes and studies, um, people want to come and share uh, their stories about their week. And I am hearing um, a lot of evangelism stories yes. because of um, the newfound confidence mm-hmm. that they have in themselves from um, knowing the Bible better, that that's why they're inviting them, not just to church, but back to a doctrine class or a 6 a.m. study. Mm. And so you have unbelievers who are just seeing such fervent joy Mm -hmm. and enthusiasm from a believer and a love for one another that they can't help but come with them. Again, I know we're going off a little bit more into the fervency here, but thinking back to the earlier days of the church, I would notice we had a lot of people, even in leadership, who were newer to Christ. And so, you know, a newer believer is just excited (laughs) because they remember from what they have been saved. What we're seeing now with um, just the, the addition of classes and studies and all of that is you got people who have known Jesus their whole life who are like fervent baby mm-hmm. new believers yeah. who are sharing in a way because it's been the, the joy of their salvation has been renewed in yeah. a greater knowledge of mm-hmm. Jesus. So there really is just a fervency of that that is going out right now that that we are seeing God use. That's good. Um I'm encouraged by these stories of what God's doing. Mm -hmm. And so, and if you're listening and you attend Gospel City, I want you to be encouraged too, because the Lord is moving and I'm excited about it. But, you know, just kind of keeping us on Simple Church, uh, some barriers, these are really helpful from Tom Rayner in the book, but some barriers to becoming a Simple Church or what often helps us be complex. Maybe we can comment on these Traditionalism, lack of clear vision, fear, coasting, or failure to evaluate. So let me give you a couple and you can comment. Mm -hmm. Traditionalism, we do the same things we've always Mm -hmm. done because we've always done them that way before. How have you seen us adjust on that? I think as a 15-year-old church, (laughs) we've done it. I like that we don't have hobby horses Mm. necessarily sacred cows cows, is that what we call it so (laughs) like we uh, there are a few things that we've done like a fall festival and Mm -hmm. stuff but we've also let it fall off for a Mm -hmm. couple years Mm -hmm. and we've brought it back and i kind of like the changing up of that Mm -hmm. we've had people say you're not doing one of those this year (laughs) but it kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit because it's like we don't we're not committed to one thing all the time Mm -hmm. we're willing to shift a little bit based Mm -hmm. on what god's doing based Mm -hmm. on what's going on in the world based on what's going on in the community where else have you seen that yeah we i mean we've obviously there are certain things that we're going to keep doing so small groups are a part of our church 
Bible studies are part of our church. Those are not things Sunday that when morning. we wipe Sunday a calendar clear every week. <laughs> Absolutely. Jesus said to Yeah. I don't think that falls under the category of traditionalism. Mm-hmm. But the sacred cow aspect, you know, is you know, when you if you've started something and then you like all of a sudden you just feel the pressure to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. So we would say don't, you know, sometimes you're like, don't keep doing something you wouldn't start now. Mm-hmm. So that that That's may be a, a reason role. to stop doing it. Yep. Um and we have taken a bit of a zero sum calendar approach. So when we look at a ministry year, you're right. There's there's some years where just, you know, that thing's not going to fit this year and that's okay and we're okay with that. Mm-hmm. And we might be apologetic about it, but <laughs> that doesn't mean we're not going to bring it back again. So you're right. That fall yeah. fest didn't fit for a while. And then now we're at a season where we have a lot of new people mm-hmm. and we're like, we need to bring some fun aspects back in. Does that mean we will always do it again? No. So, I mean, I, I do, I've Don't seen us live those. Don't tell the children that. They talk about <laughs> it all year all round. The time. <laughs> I, was, I was definitely, you know, talked to when we when yeah. we didn't do daddy-daughter dance for a while there. Yeah. But, yeah. Talk to. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Well, I was just say we do, just to peer back the, like, peel back the curtain a little bit on, like, the dis- like how does, how do things get on the church calendar around here, right? Because that's what we're talking about, traditionalism. And, and when you've done something once and it goes well, you wanted to do it again and again. And mm-hmm. we talk about... I mean, I'm always laughing about how many months ahead I'm in in my head in regard to ministry. Like it's it's April right now in my head because <laughs> we're getting ready for those things. But we, um, I think we always are asking the question like, what do what do the people of Gospel City need? Yes. Like yeah. where where are their hearts right now? Where do they need to grow? Yep. Um, what's the missing link right now? And is the thing that we did that last time serve that purpose? Right. So like for the arbor, we used to do the arbors. A lot more. <laughs> we used to have, right. How yeah. many did we do in the first year? Like honestly, I think we did four or five, and, and they were awesome. And they were mm-hmm. f- so fun, and people loved them, and and their content was really great. Um, I've never, I've never been to an arbor I didn't love, but um, but as we looked at the calendar, I we we asked the question like, has it served the whole family? Mm-hmm. Um, is it like if we offer it too often, does it kind of lose its like, like? specialness yeah in its benefit plus like when we can do it just once really well the content is so much richer um and i just i just come back to that like we ask the question what 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 is god asking for us to bring to our people and i think where it's shifted over the last couple of years is people over program yes mm-hmm. like when it was very um uh or or discipleship over event mm-hmm. a church can get sucked into and we were a little bit like Man, we we're really good at pulling off yeah. events. We're mm-hmm. good at pulling off conference style things. Mm-hmm. The environment looks great. The energy's great. The mm-hmm. content's great. The teaching's good. All of those things are fun. Yeah. But man, they they kind of change the dynamic of a church staff. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, your whole church staff, your creative team, your production team, your pastors, your leaders are are managing a building mm-hmm. and managing space mm-hmm. instead of shepherding and discipling the hearts of the people. Mm-hmm. And so by by lessening our events and by upping our discipleship environments, mm-hmm. we've started to simplify in like helping our people grow deeper, mm-hmm. helping our people get more missional. Mm-hmm. And the fun things, the events here and there are a super fun way to be a family church mm-hmm. and to serve your people, but they're not the driving mission. That right. goes to another thing that he says, lack of clear vision will mm-hmm. make you a complex church. Mm-hmm. A good vision will lead the church to say yes or no in a healthy fashion. And so the elders, over the last few years, let's grow our biblical literacy of our people, mm-hmm. and let's grow in discipleship, and let's grow in people over programming, mm-hmm. 
And so that's helped us say no to some things that we really enjoy and have loved, Mm -hmm. but I think we're experiencing the fruit of clear vision. That's right. Yeah. And in fact, most people probably don't know, but when we, when we set out, um, like late 2020 to begin developing and introducing the core classes, we actually had a, like a three to five year vision plan that included things like what we have now Academy, and then hopefully in the future, some residency. And so, and even core classes in its, uh, in the infancy of the idea, we had like four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, a word I like to use um, when we are planning is agility. Um, and so if we if we did everything that we could think of all at once, um, we wouldn't be agile to meet um, some of the more spontaneous or immediate needs. So I, honestly, in the life of our church in the last week, um, we, had to, we had to cancel some things mm-hmm. that we were gonna do um, as a staff to meet real needs in the church. And if we had over-programmed our week, or if I if I was thinking of what we just experienced as a church staff in the last week had happened like four or five years ago, it'd have been nuts. We'd have been burned out. I don't even know if we would all have been able to meet some of the needs that we did. Mm-hmm. But because we have now um, reduced and subtracted from our calendar, it allows us to be more agile in the moment to meet needs. But that doesn't mean we have a lack of a vision. There is a there is a plan in place, and so. Um, sustainable is probably another word. So when we introduce things, we want to make sure, is this something that we can sustain? So as we introduced core classes, we knew a whole bunch of people were going to jump in. And then hopefully out of that, we could start to raise up leaders who can come back and be table leaders at the next time we do that. And then after a few iterations, they're probably going to be like, hey, I want to jump in. What's next? And we can get them into something like Academy. And I really, really hope Mm -hmm. that out of Academy, I'm going to be able to put put those people back into either the context that they were in or raise them up to help lead other contexts as we go forward. So it's, it's an agility and sustainability that we need to build into the process. So there is a plan, but sometimes we also just have to make sure we leave space for what life brings us. Mm-hmm. Just a real practical kind of funny. I've been asked before, like, why don't we, why don't you have a coffee ministry at gospel city? Uh, or, and which, Whenever I don't know when coffee became a ministry. <laughs> What's good? What do they mean by a coffee ministry? <laughs> and I'm and I, I and this is like I'm not opposed to having coffee mm-hmm. at church kind of thing. But we love coffee at the church. yeah we, we drink it coffee. Monday through Friday a lot. However, <laughs> I do think that we have such a reverence for Christ. Like we want to have yes. our we want our services to be vertically focused yep. and expositionally rich. And when you are coming with a desire to meet with Jesus. Uh, you are locked into the Word of God mm-hmm. and locked into the the supremacy of Christ, not the cup of coffee that you yes. have. So as a pastor who wants people uh, uh, wrapped up in the glory of Christ, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to look out and see somebody passively standing there through worship drinking coffee mm-hmm. uh, or, or whatever. And mm-hmm. so it's been and, – and, and I'm not saying that we would never have coffee at Gospel City or those things, but those are – like that's how you drift a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. If that – if that goal and that mission doesn't stay front and center, yeah. church can become a really comfortable place where you just check the box and keep coming. Mm-hmm. So we want to continually call people to a higher thing than the world is calling them to. Mm-hmm. And our churches today and our buildings and all of that, they resemble where you go mm. for your leisure time. Mm-hmm. They right. resemble a movie theater. They resemble mm-hmm. a whatever. And if you're not being intentionally called mm-hmm. to something higher... Uh, you could slip into uh, a lesser category, even a gym. Why don't we have a gym? And I'm not saying we couldn't have a gym. I've actually joked about having a gym many (laughs) of times, but you could see how if you have a gym, 
you could. Uh, it adds complexity. It adds complexity needed- because you'd be answering things like, hey, this group wants to play basketball at this time. This mm-hmm. group wants to do this at that time. This group. And then you start to be, then your church starts to be open all the time. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. a staff member who's here constantly. You're a community you know, it's, it, you <laughs> yeah. become, yeah. And those are okay things wrong. to do. Yeah. But what's the greatest mission for the church, mm-hmm. and how do we stay locked in on that thing? Mm-hmm. Again, that comes back to context too. I, my grandparents' church, growing up, they had they were in, down in like Arkansas, and their church was in the middle of the city, and so it, maybe it made sense for them to have a community center. They had a gym that was open all the time. As I've gotten older and now work at a church, I'm like, I do not know <laughs> how they staffed that, calendared that, etc. But contextually, it made sense for them. Where we are, I don't know if us being a community center necessarily makes sense. So that's that kind of context always has to inform some of the decisions that you make. I don't know if we're getting the gym or not. But <laughs> this <laughs> well, is not an announcement <laughs> one like, way or the stay other. Stay tuned. I think when it comes to simplicity, what we're constantly having to do, I like how you say it, Ben, like to say one yes requires that you have a lot of no's to say. And when we're trying to keep hmm. things simple, um, what we're really doing is we're removing distraction. Anytime you're trying to simplify your own life, what do you do to remove distraction? When you want to simplify your closet, you remove the things that you never wear anymore, right? So that they're not distracted by them. And the word stewardship just keeps coming up Mm -hmm. to me in my mind. Like that is what we're called to do. We're called to steward the resources that God has given us for this church. And some of that is stewarding the staff well. Some of that is stewarding... um, the building, the, the, the building, the 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 money that you guys give to this church, like we're stewarding those things, and so when we throw things on the calendar or try to do things that are extravagant or extra or just because, like it, the main thing, the main thing, we want to point people to Jesus, and mm-hmm. so removing distraction to the point of no coffee in yeah. the lobby. <laughs> I mean, we want to steward people's time well too. I'm so yeah, Tom Tom Rayner, who was one of the writers of the of that book. Um, said in a blog post, like follow-up many years later, that Simple Church gives members the time they need to minister to their families and to the community in which they live. So again, kind of going back to the beginning, what we were saying is if the doors were always open and you have to be here every time the doors are open, then you can't be with your family or in your community. And so it is a stewardship thing, not just money, but time and resources. Yeah. I, I'd just like to add in here to, to um, we want to be a praying church and Pray for those things. If God has laid something on your heart, I have an example of a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, we did a worship night, and an elder's wife came and told me that she Mm. had been praying for that for several years. Mm. She's an elder's wife. I said, why didn't you just say something? (laughs) She's like, I did. I prayed about it. Mm. And then the Spirit of God moved within the leaders to offer that, and Mm. and, um, it was a wonderful evening of worship. But I love that heart. Do you see how uh, she didn't take things in her own hands? She mm-hmm. trusted God and she trusted or her leaders, wow. or personally, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then she came and and it might have happened because she prayed. I don't know. So, <laughs> wow, um, I love that. Yeah, I thought that was I that's encouraging. That I think me. that's a great place to land. Just, I don't want anyone to feel discouraged by a right. simple church discussion because mm-hmm. what what anything Gospel City isn't doing right now does not. Um, actually lessen a burden that you might mm-hmm, have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually freeing you up to go and do that mm-hmm. that thing that the Lord's put on your heart and be equipped by your local church, backed by your local church, and championed by your local yeah. church. Mm-hmm. And while a church may not start an event or a ministry, 
um, it is it is equipping you with the Word of God that does the work of God so mm-hmm. that you can then go and disciple others. And it just takes me to the Great Commission where Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. If we can stay on mission, the mission of loving God, loving people, and making disciples, we'll continue to be a missional church. We'll continue to be equipped. We'll continue to be a family church. And we'll continue to be a worshiping church. Thanks for listening to For the City, a podcast of Gospel City Church. If you found this episode helpful, we would love it if you'd share it with a friend and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll see you next time.